Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Sigerman, and my co-host, IFBB Bikini Pro, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Robbie Robinson tirade, Melvin Anthony update, Steve Mihalik dead, Freaky Max Charles, plus interviews with both Diana Dahlgren and Von Etienne all this week on Access Bodybuilding. All right, Christina, let's get it started uh, right off with Robbie Robertson tirade. Uh, if you'll remember, uh, we had a little bit of a, a previous tirade from Robbie um, after the uh, World uh, Pro Masters Championships. A little, a little mini one. Yeah, it was some problems that he had getting paid. If you remember, he wanted uh, Jarka Laurie, the promoter of the show, to, uh, to, to put the check in somebody else's name. Remember, right. and uh, and basically she wouldn't do that for tax purposes. She couldn't put it in somebody else's name, and and he threw a fit, and you know basically just started like freaking out, basically saying you know the IFBB was fucked up and this and that and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, this uh, this this is on his Facebook page. I'm going to read it in whole, like the whole thing. Basically, it's not too long. Okay. Uh, this is what Robbie says. So you want to be an IFBB Pro World Champion bodybuilder, such as Mr. K. His drug stack costs thirty thousand dollars in growth hormone, roids, and other substances for fourth place. To win Mr. Olympia eight times, the cost of the champions a hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand dollars in growth hormone, roids, and other enhancements. Sixteen IU's a day competition time to win. When you take GH, it thickens the connective tissue, blotting out muscle detail. That's the reason all physiques today look the same. The bodybuilding community needs to get back to real bodybuilding. That's what he wrote. Oh, Interesting. Yes. Um, and it, it wasn't like a lot of people who they post something. This was gone like the next day. This has still been up and uh, up up and on the internet still? I assume. I could look right now, but I, I would assume he didn't take it down. I'm just uh, curious. Last time I looked, this is this was there. So I would assume that. I don't think Robbie Robinson is too concerned about politics or <laughs> being you know politically correct. So sure, I, sure. I would imagine he's still got it up there, you know? Gotcha. Um, it's funny. Um, people, uh, the people on the internet are making comments about this. Uh, this Facebook posting and talking about, you know, I guess they're debating if this is the truth. I don't know. Mr. K, I don't know who he's referring to there for fourth place. Because uh, no Mr. K, uh, there's no Mr. K that got fourth place in the Olympia. I don't know what that if he's referring to a specific contest or or what. I don't know. Yeah, that that's the one thing that confused me. I thought, well, I, I don't know who this person is. I thought maybe <laughs> you would know. The only one I could think of with the last name K is Kefleanos, you know the the the, uh, the Greek guy. Yeah, Kefleanos. Yeah, you're right. yeah uh, he's gotten fourth place plenty of times, but I have no idea if that's who he's yeah. talking about or who not. Who knows? You know? yeah. um, anyway, uh, you know people people are asking, is this possible or whatever? And uh, I got news for you: nobody is spending a hundred hundred thousand to one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a contest prep uh, cycle. It's just not, no. it's not happening. You know, <laughs> no, it's that's ridiculous. Um, even if they're, you know, the funny thing is, like people uh, wonder, you know, they think that. You know, I don't want to go into too many details about the, about the drug stuff, but I can tell you that these guys, the top level guys, are not are not paying the, the highest prices. You know what I mean? Well, no, I mean they're still getting probably um, higher quality sure. than you know what you know Joe Schmo, twenty two year old kid down the street is going to get, um, just because you know the connections they have, the um, you know the the doctors that they have built you know, good relationships, relationships yeah, with. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of times those doctors are more willing to, you know, give them the, you know, uh, real prescription uh, drugs, I, I guess I'll say, yeah. just because they know they wanted to do, they want them to do it the right way instead of, you know, going, you know, overseas to try to get, you know, stuff. So uh, I, I will say, yeah, they're not spending that much. They're probably spending more than the average, you know, person, the average bodybuilder, local bodybuilder, national bodybuilder. But at the same time, 
um, the connections that they have, they're probably getting the best stuff at a little cheaper rate anyway. You know right. what I mean? I agree. $150,000. People have been saying those numbers, $100,000 for years. And I can tell you that nobody is spending that kind of money. That's that's ridiculous. Bodybuilding is not profitable enough to spend that kind of money. It would, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, think about, think about if, if guys that we know you know that our pros were spending thirty thousand dollars to get ready for a show. It would be it would be the stupidest uh, thing to possibly do with your with your money or your time because you know even if you win a show an open show you're not winning usually you're not winning thirty thousand dollars so you won't. You're even getting like in. yeah you're getting like ten thousand dollars and yeah. if that were the case you know uh, there would be no bodybuilders because how many uh, bodybuilders are like you know personal trainers sure. and they don't have sponsorships to cover barely anything i mean if if you are a uh, a male or female i guess and you're making you know fifty thousand on a sponsorship that's that's really not too bad nowadays no you're so, gonna spend thirty thousand dollars to get ready for a show give me a break exactly so your entire sponsorship you know is is being for you know uh, getting ready for a show and that's not that's not realistic i think probably what happened some point in the past some random person threw that number out there and it stuck and has now you know exaggerated over the years yeah i think so too i think yeah. um it's a shame because you know i hate to see somebody like robbie robertson who's obviously you know a legendary a hall of fame bodybuilder uh come out like this and say these kind of outrageous th- things and, and this this is not as bad as some of the other stuff he said in the past uh you know because somebody like robbie robertson uh, who is active and it actually still looks very good. You know, he he guest posed for Jarker and he looked great. People were very impressed with him, especially at 65 years old. I mean, he is a freak of nature. You know, it's a shame. I hate to see somebody like this uh, that is obviously disenfranchised that is now, you know, uh, basically blackballed. You know, nobody's going to get him to guest pose. All his opportunities are basically limited now because of the things he says. And um, that's a shame. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing. Once you uh, Once you say something like this, um, it unfortunately affects the rest of your career until you apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, next on our list is Melvin Anthony update. You know, I was in uh, uh, Slidell, Louisiana, this past weekend for the Camellia uh, Championships, and uh, interestingly enough, I wasn't expecting this, but uh, Melvin Anthony and Ooh. Dexter Jackson were both there at the show. Nice, nice. And uh, I got to spend some time with both of them and uh, interviewed Melvin. Melvin has kind of been missing in action for years now. If you remember, he won. Um, actually, Michael, uh, Mike Libertori, when Mike did his, uh, I think it was his pro debut. And, uh, Phoenix. And, and Phoenix, yeah. Uh, that At that show, Melvin, uh, I think Melvin won that show. I think you're right, yeah. yeah. And that was, I believe, we saw him at the Olympia. He didn't do as well at the Olympia. Uh, he came in very off that year. But uh, that was one of the last times we saw Melvin Anthony. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, I was wondering, because I know that at the time he was saying that he was having financial problems, you know. Um, that he wasn't able to really make ends meet, you know. If you don't save up any money and you're getting towards, you know, your 40s and stuff like that, I guess it starts to look pretty uh, ominous to be a, a pro bodybuilder, you know, if he has nothing yeah. in the bank. So, hey, well, and you need to have something to fall back on. Yeah. You can't just, you know, hope that you're a bodybuilder and can coach some guys along, you know. Yeah. So uh, he started being really concerned, and I know that he went into his family suggested, and he he took the advice to to go back to school. And I think at, for a period of time he was trying to be a firefighter or a, a paramedic or something like that. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. But uh, he is back involved in the bodybuilding scene. He uh, he got married recently, uh, lived in Canada for a little while, which I thought was interesting, and is now working for Octane Labs, representing their uh, their company as kind of like their. Not, not, I wouldn't say athletes rep, but he's like their their main guy. Their main guy on the front lines. And uh, I guess because he's friends with Dexter Jackson, he was able to get Dexter down there to kind of represent Octane Labs as well since Dexter 
unfortunately for Dexter, doesn't have a, uh, a supplement contract right now. Right, right. So I guess, you know, they're, they're friends and stuff. So he said, hey, can you come down and help me out? And he did. So uh, Dexter was there. And I know uh, Melvin, Dexter actually was trying to, uh, has been trying to talk Melvin into making a comeback for the um, the Masters Olympia in Prague, which is also being put on by Jarko oh, Lurie. Right, yeah. Because yeah. uh, he's over 40 now. I think that, I think that, um, Melvin is forty two or forty three, around Dexter's age. Okay, and uh, and Jarka is trying to talk him into it. And I interviewed him on film and uh, on video, and he made it sound like it was a real possibility that uh, you may see Melvin Anthony back on stage uh, this uh, winter in December in Prague. Oh yeah, he said yeah. He made it sound. I mean, hey, you know, it certainly couldn't hurt. You know, there's a lot of money being given away at that show. That's one of those things. I think uh, those shows may be a little more popular as the uh, next years go by because the prize money is so much, you know? Sure. I mean, look, look at it this way. You got him, uh, Dexter, Tony Freeman. Uh, I know Bill Wilmore will be back. And then Melvin Anthony. You know, those are the really, I mean, if Melvin Anthony does it, he's he's probably going to be in the top five, possibly yeah. top three. And third place pays really big money. I think it's, what, $45,000. Yeah, and I saw a nice paycheck. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's a very big motivating factor. Not to mention, as you know, Jarka, if she really wants somebody to do it, oh, she'll um, she'll encourage them to do it. She'll financially encourage them to do it. You know, like she right, did Robbie right. Robinson, and, and uh, I know she paid uh, uh, Ronnie Coleman big money. She paid uh, Dorian Yates money to come. So if she wants them to come, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all if she gave him you know five ten grand and said, listen, this is guaranteed money. You know, yeah, it's worth it. I think for sure. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I know that Melvin and his uh, his wife have been trying to have a kid, and they know, okay. uh, and I know that. You know, obviously, if you're trying, really trying to have a kid and it's important to you, you know, competing sometimes isn't in the cards. Sure. Well, we were just speaking about drugs. I mean, that's just part of uh, you may have to uh, sacrifice when it comes to what you're taking in order to uh, better assist your <laughs> fertility. Is right. that the, uh, that's a nice, uh, sweet way to put it? <laughs> yes. To optimize fertility. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. I, I would agree with that. So I don't know. You know, obviously, if that is uh, if they still. Uh, don't get lucky um, before then. You never know. Maybe he won't be able to do it because um, having kids is maybe a bigger Important. priority for uh, for Melvin. Yeah, for sure. Um, next on our list, it's not a, not a happy thing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Steve Mahalik, uh, very very well known bodybuilder for being, I guess, I guess more than anything, he is well known for being a kind of controversial, like a uh, a polarizing figure. Uh, he invented the. Uh, uh, Train was it insanity intensity or insanity training? So yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, insanity. Yeah, he yeah. he invented that. Yeah, so he uh, he was really you know I don't I never I've never met him I don't know him very well I read a bunch of articles about him I've heard uh, him interviewed by Dave and heard a, bun- a bunch of people uh, John Defendus is somebody um, who's well known um, for also training kind of picking up Steve's training principles and I actually know John Defendus because I worked with him. Uh, in West Palm Beach, um, he worked at a World's Gym as kind of managing the trainers. And at the time, this is when I was like twenty. I uh, I worked for him or wor- worked with him, I guess you'd say. And uh, he was he was very big at the time. I remember thinking he was very big. Uh, they both worked out at uh, him. And uh, interestingly enough, Sean Perrine wrote an article, uh, Muscle and Fitness, uh, the editor in chief of Muscle and Fitness. Um, worked out at Mr. America's gym. And that's Steve's gym, uh, where a lot of people, apparently a lot of. Uh, people that are still involved in the industry worked out and uh, sounded like a very very crazy place yeah for sure <laughs> uh, um, when you when you've got those type of people all in one spot i can only imagine yeah sean, sean preen in his little piece about uh steve mahalik he talked about steve throwing uh trying to throw uh, plates at people you know in the gym and being kind of nuts and basically the the one story that i've heard and i won't go into the whole story but i really do like the story um i think it was um 
I think it was John Defendus was training with Steve, and they he brought him to the uh, brought him to the beach one day because he was saying that listen, I want I want to be a champion, I want to be Mister America too, or whatever. And he said, "Come to the beach with me, and, and we'll see what you're made of." And they brought him to the beach, and they went out in the water, and uh, and Steve Mahalik basically started to drown him. You know, pushed his head <laughs> underwater, and and he was uh, he held him under till a point where I guess he was you know close to death. And when he let him up. Uh, uh, John Defendus is like, what are you doing? You know, and he was like freaking out and breathing, you know, trying to breathe and stuff. And he said, said, you know how much you wanted to get that next breath? How, how badly you wanted that next breath? That's how badly you need to want to be a champion if you want to work wow. with me. That, that's actually uh, you know, a while uh, very dangerous and controversial, a very effective method of motivating someone, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good way to put it. I'm going to maybe try that with some of my clients and see uh-huh. how well that goes Some over. of your bikini girls, huh? Yeah, let's, let's see how bad they want it. <laughs> bring, them out to the, bring them out to the hot tub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all in all, you know, I really didn't know Steve well. He sounded like he made a very big impression on a lot of people. And, uh, you know, he was obviously – he. Uh, and some of the, I think Dave was one of the ones that put it out there that Steve actually killed himself, and they found a uh, his gun and a, like a suicide note, and I believe it's some uh, check for his children. Um, so, you know, it's it's sad to, that somebody is in that kind of position where that that's an option for him, and, and yeah, uh, it's really a shame. It's definitely a shame. I know he's had a lot. He had a lot of health problems. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if he had something serious happen recently or what what preceded this uh, this whole suicide thing but uh i know i know you know even though uh, like a lot of people some people didn't like him some people did like him i know that he will be missed you know because he did make an impression on people obviously well and the thing with that sort of training program it sort of goes against you know what a lot of bodybuilders believe in um because right. insanity it's kind of for those who don't know which i'm assuming most people do but it's kind of like the p90x sort of thing um kind of similar it's like an insanity program you can i think order online you can even do it at your house that that sort of thing mm-hmm. um which you know kind of goes against the going to the gym pumping iron all of that so i think he was a little controversial at times because he you know created this program that essentially took people out of the gym um and it was more like a cardio style workout um, system, which, like I said, is not really what bodybuilding um, was built on. So yeah, he was definitely controversial, and then I didn't know him too well. I didn't know much about him, unfortunately, until I you know heard that he had passed. Um, but it is interesting to hear about all the things that he did create because you know these play a huge part in uh, fit in, in fitness. I don't just mean in the, our bodybuilding world. You know, us us little community in the bigger scheme of people in general losing weight and trying fads and trying weight loss programs this plays a big part in their lives you know absolutely um the next on our list is uh freaky max charles and uh if you remember max charles the nationals last year placed second in the super heavyweight class and a lot of people were very shocked by uh by the size of this guy you know i've seen him uh over the years he trains at uh at bev francis's uh, powerhouse gym uh, Stephen Bev's gym in Syosset, and I've seen him at the gym before. Dave has done some training videos with him. Back in the day, he got he got well known when Dave was still at MD, I think, for uh, saying that he could preacher curl 350 pounds. Okay, and, nice. uh, and so people, that's how I got to know him. Did like, did, did he ever do it? No, of course not. Come on. Now. Okay, Please. I'm just asking. <laughs> yeah, I'm just checking. No, no, I don't think. I like, I, maybe, maybe I didn't catch that story. I'm not no, sure. No, no, that would be. I mean. Uh, I mean that I, that's got to be. I mean I don't think anybody in, ever has even remotely came even remotely close no. to 315 pounds. I mean, that's crazy, crazy. So he, he's a he's a big guy too. I mean he's he's, oh, big. he's a monster. He's yeah, a monster. he's thick. He's thick. Yeah, he's definitely a big guy. It's like you know, 
if if you didn't know anything about bodybuilding, like if he told that to my mom, yeah, she would definitely believe it because he's a monster. But <laughs> right. you know, people that are that compete or people that lift weights regularly, you know that, that that's like I, I don't even know if that's humanly possible to have the weight at that angle. You know, like I don't your, think so. I think you would, you would probably, no matter how strong you are, you would you rip your, your arms, arms off. off. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. He would have arms. Yeah. So he he made some claims that were like a little ridiculous. I think he said he only eats skittles and, and beans or something in the off season. It was like a, it was like a very crazy video, and that's how I originally heard heard about him. And I just assumed that the guy would never be anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and since then, I've seen him do very well and come up in the ranks. He's only done a few shows, and this last time, I mean, people were shocked by him. He's he's actually a very nice guy if you get to meet him. He's very um, not what you would think if you see the video, you would assume like he's like a braggadocious guy or something. But he he comes off as very quiet, soft spoken, uh, like a nice guy. And I don't know if he, if the video, if he got pressured to say that, or if somebody told him it would like, you know, hype him up because it did. Everybody knew Max Charles because of that. So like maybe, maybe that was all part of a plan, you know? Well, and if you look at uh, photos of him, he looks like he could like kill somebody. Oh yeah. 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 He looks like a tough, <laughs> a, yeah. tough a tough guy. Like you don't want to mess with Max Charles, but yeah, you know, he's, he's a uh, nicer, more humble. I always say, yeah, he's a little humble, more soft spoken. He doesn't look. Like or he doesn't act necessarily like he looks kind of like a uh, Mel Chancy kind of thing. Yeah, Mel's yeah, like yeah. really nice and cool, laid back. That's kind of how this guy is, but you know, yeah. uh, they're they're still intimidating looking. That's the right word I'm looking for. Yeah, I would definitely I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. So anyway, he got uh, some of his pictures that were posted on the board. Uh, uh, Dave's friend Justin uh, Harris, who owns a gym in New York, um, has been working with uh, Max Charles to try to bring up his legs because that was really his um, his weak point. Uh, his legs were not up to par with the rest of his upper body because his back and shoulders and arms are just enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I think he's one of these type of guys that didn't really train legs very like kind of like me that didn't really train legs uh, very hard and focused on the upper body. And obviously, once you get to the, that kind of level, the national level in bodybuilding, you know, any kind of discrepancy will be uh, will be picked out. And he has a pretty had a pretty strong discrepancy because his upper body is so so you know impressive. So. Um, Basically, Justin has been helping him uh, recently train his legs. He does his diet is done by Eugene Mission uh, out there in New York, and uh, there's some pictures on the board on RX at nine weeks out, weighing 270. And Justin goes so far. Justin knows everybody. You know, he uh, is friends with uh, Kai Green and and uh, Oscar Arden. He has seen all the top guys. He's friends with uh, Victor Martinez. He actually says that Max Charles, how he looks right now, may be the best. USA champion of all time and possibly the best amateur of all time. Wow. So that's, that, that, that's pretty, uh, pretty bold statement. Yeah. Very bold statement. Very, very bold statement. And, and, you know, from anybody else or from most anybody else, I would be like, okay, whatever. But, uh, Justin knows and has seen just about everybody. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if Max is two seventy uh, in as lean as he is in these pictures, uh, nine weeks out at, at around five eleven. Uh, and he's growing into his contest, his diet, his proportions. May, maybe that'll be reality. That's a very, very big claim. But because uh, there are some really good amateurs, I mean, you know, you've seen Kevin Lavroni before he turned pro, and a lot of the, I mean, Phil Heath even went before he turned pro. It was very impressive. Sure. Not, not two seventy, but um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'm very excited uh, to see Max Charles now at, at USA's because of Justin's predictions. 
Well, and and even seeing how that goes, if he decides to go on and do nationals, let's just say, you know, he took second last year, right? He took, he yep, t- yeah, yep. he took second at nationals. Well, now top two at nationals turn pro. Right. So, right. you know, if those rules had been in place, you know, a few months earlier, um, you know, he could essentially be pro. And I think he, he looks like he could be. You know, it's not like one of those guys, I took second, but, you know, he's still pretty far off. He looks like he, he could, you know, make a run, make a run for it and do yep. pretty well as a pro. So I think, you know, even if um, it's not in the cards for USA's, if he goes on to nationals, I think he could still have a chance. Um, the um, Well, if, he, if Justin's anywhere near right, if he's one of the best amateurs of all time. Well, then he, he, will, then he right won't need it. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, you're right, though. He is one of these guys, by the looks of him, if his legs come up, you know, uh, I don't even know if they need to come up significantly. They need to come up some, you know, maybe an inch or two on each leg, you know. So I guess I guess it is pretty significant. But say he does, he gets his pro card. He is definitely somebody who can do damage in the pro ranks immediately. He's not somebody who needs to take a few a year off or something to to gain muscle. You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly kind of where I was getting at for sure. Um, Christina, let's go to commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Toronto Pro. It's coming up this weekend, and we have two interviews from your co-host Diana Dahlgren on Muscle Girls Inc. and uh, and then we have Von Etienne also coming on the. Uh, the t- Mr. Universe uh, overall winner last year and then the winner of the Dexter Jackson 202 and uh, the Muscle Heat 202. So we'll be back in just a minute. Cool. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that maximizes whole body protein economy, your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, Physique 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat-burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO-CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. Iron Mag Labs is the leading supplement company offering the most hardcore pro-anabolic supplements on the market. Visit IronMagLabs.com and check out our top-selling pro-anabolics. Methadrol Extreme, Super DMZ RX, Cytostain RX, and E-Control RX with 6OXO. Iron Mag Labs makes supplements that actually work. No hype, no BS, just real results. There's a reason you keep hearing about Iron Mag Labs. Come see what you're missing. Visit IronMagLabs.com for the most hardcore bodybuilding supplements. 
So are you from Australia paying far too much for supplements with the inflating weigh in amino prices? Why not check out the all new RX Muscle Australia for the latest Australian and worldwide content and coverage. While you're there, check out Bulk Nutrient Supplement Store, the official supplement store for RX Muscle Australia. You can visit Bulk Nutrients at bulknutrients.com.au, your one stop shop. And also check out the all new rxmuscle.com.au. RX Muscle Australia, the truth in Australian bodybuilding. Are you looking for some of the most groundbreaking, highest quality nutritional supplements on the market? Then look no further than BioFlex Nutrition. 100% Australian owned and direct from the manufacturer. You'll get some of the most pure and affordable supplements offered today. Better yet, with no proprietary blends or fillers and by including only the best ingredients, we proudly bring to the market Australia's purest range of supplements. Find us online at bioflexnutrition.com.au. Bioflex Nutrition, Australia's purest supplements. That's Bioflex ready to go. Paying inflated prices for products which are full of hype and fillers? At Bulk Nutrients, you get the purest products available direct from our factory. There are no middlemen, contractors, distributors, or shop fronts. Bulk Nutrients stocks protein, carbs, aminos, pre-workout, recovery, encapsulated products, fat burners, test boosters, and so much more. Bulk Nutrients is 100% Australian-owned and operated and will give you higher quality and better prices guaranteed. So visit BulkNutrients.com.au. It's your one-stop shop. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up-to-the-minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q and A's with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. Christina, um, this next weekend coming up is the Toronto Pro Super Show. Uh, it's a quite a big event. They've, I believe this actually has more uh, pro divisions than any other show so far this year. Oh, yeah? I think so. I mean, not uh, not including the Arnold and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. Maybe even including the Arnold. They've got uh, women's bodybuilding, right? They've got yes. uh, fitness. Um, they've got men's bodybuilding. They've got... Do they have 212? I, I don't know. Let's look. Ooh, that I don't know. <laughs> we we're supposed to know this before we uh, start the show. I think. Okay, we got okay. So we got the uh, the open men. We've got the two twelve men. Yes, we've got uh, women's pro bodybuilding. We've got women's pro fitness. We've got women's pro figure. We've got women's pro bikini, and we got women's female physique. Women's physique. So, yep, that's that is the probably. If it's not the most, it's got to be tied for the most. Probably, yeah. Uh, um, the actually the uh, men's the men's physique. Uh, they also had that, but it was actually canceled. Uh, right. May 25th that Germania canceled it. I guess they didn't have a lot of entries. I, I had heard what they only had like one or two. Yeah, they canceled, kind of, they canceled yeah. Jack's show, Jack to Tony's show. You saw that in, uh, in yep. Iowa, I believe, or that was, that was the one they canceled, right? The Iowa one, the men's No, physique. no. Um, I think they canceled. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Omaha, actually, Omaha. Right. Um, that so far. Oh wait, you're, you are correct. Yeah. Men's physique canceled in, Omaha, correct, but yeah, it was it was also canceled in Toronto because I think same thing in Toronto there weren't enough uh, people that were signing up to do it. It's interesting. It's interesting because the last uh, the last bunch of shows ever last the whole year so far. It's been pretty good for men's. Yeah. I guess the guys are all done for a while, huh? I don't know, maybe. Um, all right, uh, so we got um, we got two interviews here. Uh, we're not going to break down all these girls. 
There's a lot of, I mean, there's so many divisions we could spend the whole hour just talking about this, you know. I know you were excited about Nicole Ball making her uh, debut into women's physique division. Yes, know. we actually have a uh, quick interview with her on Muscle Girls. Oh, this good. She, came on. she actually uh, got a little emotional, too, in the middle of uh, chatting with her because, you're, as people know, just really quick side note, you know, she struggled with bulimia before she got into competing. Then, you know, she went into bodybuilding. Then it's all about putting on size. She overcame, you know, the eating disorder. Now it's operation gets small again. And then, you know, all the things that happen to your mind when you've gone through these eating disorders and yeah. diet up, down, left, <laughs> left right sideways so uh really good um insightful uh uh quick you know 15 minutes into nicole ball's mind as she's getting ready for toronto but yeah she's uh, she's she's excited um i think she's very excited considering you know the juliana malacarne that just won because she's a little more muscular a little more shape a little bigger um and we also have her on muscle girls inc as i plug my show one more time both uh, of those girls on this week so now we can continue go ahead um good we'll have to check that out um Next, um, I mean, the, the two uh, women's figure and uh, women's fitness are both very open and up in the air. You know, there's no big time favorites. I guess Jen Strobo would be, probably be the favorite for a figure. But in reality, these both of these divisions are kind of up in the air. We've got a lot of Canadian girls in these, a lot of Canadian girls. And that's the thing, you know, you when you get girls that are from overseas, when you get the girls that are from Canada, you don't really know them too well. And a lot of times, especially when they're on home turf, um, and maybe the judges know them, the promoters know them, uh, they see them a little more, a little more popular in Canada. Maybe they may look pretty good, and we just don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Jody Bohm won last year, I believe, uh, also competing again in, in fitness. I, I'm sure she'll do well from Canada. Uh, female bodybuilding, you know, this one's kind of up in there. If I had to guess, I would say Kim Buck would probably be my prediction for that one. Uh, Kim's very impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. The men's 202, uh, another show, this one, this is a little bit up in there also. You know, you don't have any really uh, big names at this one. Uh, Lyndon Belgrave, I was very impressed with in Shreveport from uh, Barbados. If this guy can learn to pose, he'll be dangerous. Obviously, uh, we got uh, Guy Cicerino, yep. who's um, probably, I mean, I would say that guy is probably the favorite at this show. So uh, I, I was I was thinking that, yeah. Uh, Linda Belgrave actually uh, stands a very good chance to beat uh, Guy if he can learn the pose. Like I said, the guy's got like shredded glutes. I mean, they're ridiculous. But he can't, when he hits a back shot, he seems to not be able to contract his hamstrings and his glutes at the same time. So uh, um, I don't know what it is. I tried to show him backstage. Like, I mean, I can't. And I did my best to explain to him what's going on. And he, yeah. seemed to, he seemed to know that he had a problem there. So... I don't know, like I don't know if he just needs more practice or if it's like a mind and muscle connection thing. Because maybe, yeah, he's got split hamstrings and his glutes are strided, but he can't do both at the same time, which is weird. Can't, can't open up his hamstrings and uh, no. show his glutes together. No, yeah. it's like that uh, sucks too, because a lot of times you know a show can be lost just on posing alone. You know? Sure, absolutely. If you see this guy, like, he <laughs> yeah. is he is so peeled. He's one of the more shredded guys I've seen this year, and uh, it's just a shame that uh, he's ha- he has a few like problems with his posing that yeah. if he had somebody like help him I don't know Barbados you know who knows who's there who can like really tweak his posing but that's somebody um, that could definitely present a problem for for Guy but you never know uh, I know Guy has really uh, put a lot of focus into this because I know he was unhappy with his uh, New York pro condition exactly, exactly I know uh, I think Mike has talked to him recently too he's you know uh, even more focused for this one <laughs> after after New York um, now the um, the big names in the open uh is um, obviously we got uh, John Del Rosa coming from New York. Uh, we've got Seth Ferrosi making his debut as open guy. That's probably people are very interested to see what Seth brings. Um, he's going to be considerably bigger uh, than when he was a two hundred two guy. Uh, and then you got Bill Wilmore um, off of his uh, last. I guess you could basically say victory. He made so much money at the uh, World Pro Masters event in Miami. Uh, and then we got uh, Vaughn uh, Etienne, 
Uh, I've been saying his name wrong forever, so I would say... <laughs> is, is this the right way? Etienne? I, I think so. I don't know. He okay. corrects me in the thing. So uh, okay. I've been saying Etienne et- et- or something. I don't know. I've been saying it wrong. Anyway, um, he is, uh, for me, in New York Pro, he was the most impressive or the most the biggest transformation because he was a 202 guy um, who was uh, squeezing into 202 class. He was a little tall for the 202 class, but he had won uh, two shows last year, beating Guy Cisternino at the... Uh, at Dexter Jackson's show, the Jacksonville Pro, and then uh, winning the Muscle Heat Classic, uh, the 202. So it was very interesting to, to see that you know he didn't take advantage of the 10 pounds he could have added and be a 212 right. guy. Instead, he goes into the open. And when I saw the pictures of the New York Pro, I was like, holy shit, this guy looks like a totally different guy. I mean, um, I guess that he had put on 30 pounds. He told me in the, somewhere in the 20-pound range. Uh, his condition is not as good as he was as a 202 guy, but there's a lot of muscle in a year. I mean, this is a... It's like um, if Seth Ferrosi gains as much muscle as Vaughn did, uh, he'll be doing very, very well. Interesting to see, yeah, for sure. So, uh, do, we have a quick interview, about a 15-minute interview with Vaughn. Uh, very interesting to hear a little bit about. I had to ask him about his police work because he is actually a, 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 a street crimes guy in Brooklyn. He's on the street working a beat, <laughs> you know, uh, running after people, tackling you, you've people. Gotta, you've got to be a big, big guy. To uh, take on that job, I think. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta. You gotta be ready for trouble. That's for sure. So, yeah, um, we're gonna hear a little about from uh, Vaughn about the contest, the New York Pro, the Toronto Pro. But I do get into some police work stuff with him, which I think is uh, people find very interesting. Nice. Um, so let's go to uh, Vaughn, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. On the line right now uh, with Team Universe champion of last year, Vaughn. Etienne, I said it wrong again. Etienne, there you go. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Vaughn, I think I've been saying your name wrong for a while now, so I'm finally, I'm getting, I'm, from that, this point forward, I'm going to have it right. <laughs> no problem. Lots of people do. Um, let's talk, let's start off by talking about uh, the transition from 202 instead of 12 uh, to the open. How did, how did this happen? I mean, um, obviously it jumped 10 pounds. So most people would assume after winning, you won two shows last year, right? Uh, Dexter's show, the Jacksonville Pro, and then uh, the Muscle Heat Pro, right? That's correct, yeah. So they put on 10 pounds to this thing. You would assume that you would go into the 212. Um, why, why, why did you decide not to? Or how did you put on so much muscle that you couldn't? Well, having had dieted for um, those two shows and continuing to have to diet for the Olympia later on in September, and... Um, uh, this last year's diets for me actually started very early because I had intended on doing last year's New York Pro, was unable to, so I just kind of kept dieting all the way through. So pretty much I dieted all year. Wow. So by the time I ended such a long period of caloric restriction, the rebound was, you know, it, it and I trained through my rebounds. It, that's the, the most opportune time to actually put on some quality mass, especially for my age. I'm I'm in my mid-30s, I'm 36, about to be 37, and mm-hmm. muscle maturity is um, upon me. So if I train through my rebounds, I find that I'm able to put on a lot of quality muscle just by doing that. So that's how I was able to make the um, more than 20-some-odd-pound jump wow. in a relatively short amount of time. So you weighed in at 202, obviously, for those uh, those shows that you won. When you weighed in for the New York Pro, I mean, obviously you didn't have to weigh in, but uh, when you weighed yourself in, uh, what did you weigh the day before or whenever the last time you weighed was? Yeah, um, I, 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 I stopped actually jumping on the scale uh, maybe about three or four days before. It just, it, it just became a matter of looking in the mirror right, and right. Trying, to, trying to get in condition. But I would, assume, I would estimate my, my stage weight to be um, in the mid-220s. 
Wow. Probably right about 224 to, yeah, so, you know, right about there. Um, you play six in New York, but of all the, when I look through the pictures, I, unfortunately I wasn't there, I was actually at the Junior USA's, but um, when I look through the pictures, uh, of of all the guys in the open class, yours were really the ones that jumped out at me because you looked like a, a different guy. You had grown so much, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, the um, the rebound for me was was incredible. And um, I have a tr- I have a training partner, um, Peter Neve. Uh, he's uh, he's very very hardcore. He pushes me. He doesn't let me slack up at all. And um, I got to tell you, after like long diets that I was on. Eating was not a problem for me, so that part of the equation, you know, was gladly solved. <laughs> so happily, it, it wound up for me putting on a lot of, a lot of good quality muscle, and it, it definitely showed. I was even amazed when I looked at the pictures. You know, you kind of see yourself, and you're in your own body and your own head. But when you take a step back and you see the pictures, I was actually impressed that I was up there with some real good competitors in the open class, and it's not like I got buried by size or anything. So. You know, I was even I was very happy with the, the outcome of me adding some size. Yeah, definitely. Um, you are a New York guy, so I'm sure that uh, that played into making the decision to do the New York Pro, and and you actually competed against uh, several other guys. Uh, John De La Rosa beating you by one uh, in fifth place, John, and then uh, Juan Morel one more up. Uh, all New York guys. Um, tell me a little bit about how you felt sixth place. I know I'm sure you were hoping to do better, but sixth place against the guys that you were going against, you know, Steve Kuklo, Cedric McMillan, this is no small feat. This is a pretty impressive thing. Uh, were you, did you walk away happy or did you walk away disappointed? I'm a competitor. Sixth place is never going to make a competitor <laughs> happy. Right, right. But um, I was satisfied given the level of competition and um, given the fact that I know that a couple of things in my prep really didn't, you know, pan out the way um, I kind of wanted it to, which ended up affecting my conditioning. Uh, my conditioning wasn't as as crisp as it was at the lower weight class. What you'll find is the case with, with most people when they move up in weight class, the conditioning kind of catches up later on. So that was a bit of an issue. But, yeah, the, the placing itself, in light of the, 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 the caliber of competitor that was there, no, I'm never going to be disappointed in that. Um, that's something you make a very good point. You know, the, the size was definitely there. You were, um, but as a 202 guy, you were, you know, the condition was ridiculous. Now I would imagine, uh, now that you had a few weeks, you're doing the Toronto pro, that's something that you'll be able to, uh, kind of focus in on a little bit more. Yeah. And, and, in in, in, actually in, in, on paper, if I continued to compete every show, you would notice my condition and improvement as, um, my body, I just kind of, I guess, kind of uh, adapts to the size and, you know, does what it does as a, as a, as a, as a result of a longer dieting. But after Toronto, I'm, I'm pretty much done for a while. I'm, you know, it takes, it, it, it takes its toll on you. I, I, I have a life to attend to and I'm kind of done. So whatever amount of condition, amount I could improve the conditioning by, that's going to be it until um, my next set of shows. So you're, we won't see after this one. We won't see you back on stage, uh, assuming you don't. I mean, obviously, if you win, uh, you win the show. I would imagine you are going to be. Uh, you'll be at the Olympia, right? Uh, unfor- yeah, no, no. Unfortunately, I would. You know, I'm like I said, I'm 36, about to be 37. I need to get my butt up there as much as possible when it comes to the Olympia. So if I qualify for the Olympia, I have to do the Olympia. That's just pretty much it. So what, you actually told me you're driving um, to the uh, to the the Toronto show. Um, 
did that? I mean, obviously, it's two weeks after. Did that play a, a role in your decision making process? You know, you don't have to drive, you don't have to fly anywhere. You can drive. It's close after the show. Or did you actually pick this one out in advance? Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? I pick all my shows out in advance because, um, because of my job, I have to pick my vacations in the beginning of the year. Right. So I kind of have to know which shows I'm doing, right. you know, from the beginning of the year, so I could have at least a week or so, um, off for for peak week or you know wh- whatever. So I always knew I was going to do Toronto, and um, the drive was something that kind of was um, made, not last minute. Re- not a last minute decision, but um, you know, I, I figured it would be easier to just drive out there, and that way I could, you know, take my time. I have family and friends I could visit when I'm up there, so you know, drive around and do that after the show. Uh, that's very cool. Um, let's uh, let's talk about your job for a minute. You have a uh, an interesting job, like you said, you have to take off you in advance. You are a police officer, right? I am. How does that how does that play in? Are the guys at the I know originally last time we interviewed it's been a little while but I think after the Dexter Jackson show you said that the, the you know you had some guys at your work that were very supportive and then some guys that weren't as much. Are they starting to get into it now? Um you know what it is it's 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 pretty much the case where as long as your duties and responsibilities are not negative, negatively affected by what it is that you do right. um on stage or in preparation for shows then it depends on the individuals who are in charge where you work. Um, and sometimes, you know, I require a little bit of leeway because some days, you know, it's going to take a little longer for me to get to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. a morning cardio session and some running around, some meal prep is going to make me a little late. Energy levels are going to be, you know, really lagging behind on other days. So, you know, jumping fences and, you know, chasing guys, you know, that's going to be a, you know, <laughs> that ain't happening. Is that, is yeah. that something you would normally do? I mean, you obviously you're, you're actually like on a beat and if you got, if you see something like that, you have to uh, respond. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, it's, it's, it's the curse. I call it the leg day curse, especially <laughs> in the summertime. People seem to know the day before the day after I do legs, because that's when everybody wants to run. <laughs> that's when every, every job is on the last freaking floor of every project building and the elevator's out. It's just, it just not, it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. That, that's uh, that can't be good. So you have to, that means you have to stay in pretty decent cardio shape, even in the off season, huh? Or else you, you're just not running, huh? Yeah. That's a, that, that, I, you know, I, I just had that conversation with someone. Yeah. I can't, I can't slack on the cardio at all. I mean, as a matter of fact, in the off season, I actually start running and do more, high-intensity interval cardio more for the sake of, you know, for your, your breath and your ability to breathe and, and stuff rather than, you know, fat-burning purposes, you know. So, yeah, I got to kind of keep in good cardio shape year-round. Um, you, you mentioned the project buildings and stuff like that. Have you, on, your, on a regular basis, Vaughn, are you in, like, dangerous situations doing this uh, uh, doing this job? I mean, are you in, in bad neighborhoods? Well, you know what? The neighborhood that I, I work in is... is um. Bedside Brooklyn, home of Biggie Smalls, you know. Not a Brooklyn. good neighborhood from, from my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Bedside is con- is currently undergoing a resurgence and a revitalization. Some would call it gentrific- gentrification. And um, it's up and coming, but we still have our pockets of, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's based on socioeconomics. When there's um, low income, where there's highly, highly packed, population density where there's uh, single parent homes and a lot of the other factors and you know crime is going to be there and unfortunately some parts of beds that I have all those things in um in abundance so yeah it's good it's, it's a busy place and it, it gets kind of hairy sometimes 
Um, I'm going to get back to the contest, but I have one more question on the police work. Can you tell me that in recent memory, what is the uh, most um, dangerous situation or or, or scary situation you've been in uh, at work? Um, You know, a couple couple years back, my partner and I, it was about 2.30 in the afternoon or so, and we were um, pretty much wrapping up the day, and then the call of a male shot came over, and... uh, I was just looking forward to going home and getting ready to get to the gym and train that day. And when we show up to the call, this guy laying on the sidewalk, you know, bleeding out, you know, he's, he's, he's all but out of the picture already. And, uh, there's a crowd of people gathered around and said, officer, the guy has a gun and he just ran into that door. So now you're looking into this dark doorway. There's a guy with a gun in there. You know it because there's a there's a dead guy who just got shot in front of you. And what are you going to do? It's like, all right, well, you got to go in after him. Because he shot he shot he shot that guy, so it's not like he's going to have any problem shooting you. No, absolutely not. I think he, I think I think you get extra street cred for shooting cops. So it's like <laughs> he wouldn't think twice. But um, my partner and I were able to 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 go in, apprehend him, secure the secure the scene, and you know, no one. No one got hurt that day. You know, there's been rooftop chases in the rain, bur- burglary suspects. There's been, there's been fights. I mean, I, li- I work in a very busy command, so I mean, at any given moment, the stuff could hit the fan pretty bad. So, but that was like one of the most hairiest things in recent memory I could think of. How do you how do you go from something like that to the gym? I mean, is the gym like a place that you release this kind of detention? Or I mean, I know there's a, there are a lot of guys. Personally, I, if I if I'm not like in the right frame of mind, it's hard for me to work out. But I know there's a lot of guys that are the opposite. That if they're in the wrong frame of mind, it's the perfect time to work out. Yeah, you know what? That's 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 the thing. You know, as a cop, you build an emotional callus to some of the things that go on at work, so it kind of doesn't enter into your psyche. You kind of put it back there. Um, you have to push it aside to be able to do your job, and it sometimes that becomes a bad thing. But um, what ends up happening is. You push it aside, it doesn't affect you consciously, but it builds that pressure. And if you don't have the gym as a safety valve, then that pressure builds up. Because a lot of guys, you know, they, they tend to let the pressure out the wrong way. They drink, they smoke, sure. engage in other, you know, self-destructive behavior. Thank God I have the gym. So, you know, I'm good. Do you ever um do you ever bring any your uh, partners and stuff that from work into the gym to kind of show them like obviously they see you and they know you know what you're doing. Does anybody ask you questions like what should I do? You know, Vaughn, help me lose this gut or whatever, you know? Yeah, 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 constantly. You know, those who um those those who reach out for help I I'm 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 always willing to to help them out and point them in the right direction, you know, so you know, it's it's always good to see a cop standing tall looking good in their uniform rather sure. than the sloppy big belly mess of a disaster that's all too common on the job so you can't but that, that brings up an interesting point in the off season you can't get that humongous you know because like i mean i would imagine you can't like you're not going to be able to one day be walking around at 290 280 something like that it's going to be very difficult to, to carry out your job that big right yeah it, it is because you got you got to strap on that gun belt you got to strap on that vest and those uniform pants aren't you know, always too forgiven. So, you know, you gotta, you, you have to take all that into account and it gets difficult to move around if you're going to be too bad. I mean, sure. as it is, I got up to like 250 in the off season right. and like me just walking around with all that weight became a bit of an issue. So, you know, two, <laughs> 270, 280, 290, nah, that's, that ain't happening. You saw Ronnie back in the day when he was a uh, active uh, police officer. He would just sit in the car. You know what I mean? He didn't have to go do anything. I mean, uh, in, he, in the Texas heat, at that. Yeah, so I yeah, don't, yeah. 
Jesus is behind him. Come on, we're, we're not talking about a human being anymore. We're talking about right. <laughs> right, exactly. Very true. Very true. So let's get back to the show. Um, I'm going to li- read off a list of the uh, the top names other than yourself who are going to be at the show, and you tell me who you think the top competitors, who's going to be fighting you for the top spot. John De La Rosa, Seth Verosi, Bill Wilmore. Uh, those are the top names. Yourself, there's there's about five guys that I see, including you, that uh, that could all fight for the title. Who are you? Yeah. Uh, who who are you think is the most dangerous out of these guys I listed? Well, of course I gotta say John because he just beat me. Right. Um, right. Uh, I don't know what Seth is looking like. I, I honestly don't know what Seth or Bill Wilmore is looking like, so I I, I can't say. But I, I do expect the first call out yeah. if things go according to plan, and then we're going to have to fight from there. Some guys are going to show up, and, you know, at that point, after the first call-out, you know, it's some um, minute details that separate, you know, the places. So we're going to have to see who brings in those details in, in, a, in a package that's suitable for top place, and I hope I do. I'm looking to uh, break the top three, if at all possible. Um, winning the show would be, you know, winning the show would be awesome, but like I said, the level of competitor that's going to be there you know, sometimes the finer things separate us and, you know, you never know who's going to bring in that package that day. So, And who are you working with with your nutrition, Vaughn? Uh, Thackeray Mubarak. Yes. Thack and I are rolling out one more time for this um for this show. Me and Thack have been together for a while. So he's like family to me and he's always always been a great, you know, source of uh, guidance and, and help to me whenever I'm getting ready. Seems like a very, I, I don't know him as well as you, obviously, but he seems like a very nice guy. So uh, you guys make a good team, man. I'm looking forward to uh, watching all the coverage on RX Muscle and uh, hopefully uh, seeing you do very well, Vaughn. Yeah, man, me too, man. I got my fingers crossed and whatever it is, it is, that's, um, I'm going to do what I do and then, like I said, shut it down and hopefully come back next year with a, with a, in, uh, vastly improved package and you know get ready to try to make a couple of runs with a couple of Arnolds a couple of Olympias sure. and see if I could you know break into the upper echelon for a while well Vaughn if you make a, if you make an improvement like you did over this past year man I don't know what I don't know what they'll be doing with you you'll be you'll be up there uh, vying for the Arnold and the Olympia man 20 more pounds would be crazy yeah, well, that's 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 the plan, and it's got to be all sta- it's all got to be on stage weight too. Right, so you know, it's all got to be twenty pounds of good quality stage weight. So let's let's see what happens. Absolutely, thank you for coming on Access Bodybuilding. Uh, oh, thank you, I appreciate and, it, Vaughn. This is my pleasure, Aaron. Thank you very much. All right, Christina, uh, Vaughn. Uh, very interesting life to be a bodybuilder and be a uh, police officer on the streets of Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Uh, you know. Dieting for a show, it's pretty crazy. Well, it's, it's yeah, being big, okay, uh, you know, lifting, eating, training, all of that, yeah, but whenever you're having to diet and then uh, perform that type of career, that I think really shows, uh, you know, a lot of dedication when he can look, you know, good and look great and, uh, you know, still have that type of career. I think that's pretty cool. It's really amazing because if you think about the, the bodybuilders out there, that are um, that are at his level, just the guys that he's competing against. You know, like last week, you know, Juan Morel beat him, was one above him, and obviously, um, uh, also John De La Rosa, though both New York guys. Um, to to think, you know, that, that that he is working a street job like this, where he's actually chasing bad guys, you know, on call, you know, fight basically fi- fighting crime. You know, I mean, on the streets of uh, a very bad neighborhood in New York City. Um, and also being a, a pro, a top level pro bodybuilder, dieting for pro shows, it's very it's very hard to imagine because a lot of guys, uh, I, I can imagine a lot of pros would have a very hot, tough time doing that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, um, a lot of guys take off time from work as they get closer to a show or if they have clients, if they're a trainer, if they run a gym, you know, they, they take a lot more time off as they get closer. And I can imagine if you're a police officer, that's really not necessary. That's not really an option sometimes. <laughs> no, no. And, uh, and it's just a tough job, man. That's a very physical, tough job. Being a trainer at, at a gym is ridiculously easy compared to being on the street, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, uh, yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So um, congratulations to Vaughn. I'm, I'm very excited to see how he does this weekend. So next on our list, uh, going down to your class, the bikini class of the Pro Division at the Toronto Pro Super Show. Um, I looked through the um, through the list of competitors, and I, I wanted to figure out who the favorite was. I picked, called her, and that happened to be, in my mind at least, Diana Dahlgren, your co-host of Muscle Girls, Inc. For sure. Yep, she's probably the uh, the biggest bikini name in there, um, and I think she's maybe uh, going to take this win. I think so. I think so. So I called her up. Uh, we did a very late uh, interview uh, last night, and uh, here she is. All right, I'm happy to have on Access Bodybuilding this week uh, one of my favorite bikini competitors, Diana Dahlgren. Diana, welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. Oh, thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me back on Access, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can make it a good good interview <laughs> well the last one was really good but you had to apologize a public apology after so hopefully it, will, it won't be that good or, or that bad however you want to look at it yeah yeah no there will there i better not be saying anything bad this time <laughs> <laughs> all right well um the, the reason i'm having you on is um because you this weekend you're going to toronto to compete over there at the uh, toronto pro super show and I wanted to get a little bit of background because I know this was, uh, although you've been preparing for it for a while, it's kind of been under wraps. You know, you've been kind of keeping it on the DL. So uh, how did you decide to do this show? Um, well, originally I wanted to do the New York Pro, May 19th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if anybody has paid attention to my competing career, you guys always see that I, like, you know, start in the uh, midsummer area and then compete till the Olympia Basically, because I, after the first five months of the year, I'm busy um, gallivanting across the United States for dirt bike racing um, for one of my contracts. So I wanted to do something right after Supercross was over. Supercross ended May 5th. Um, I wasn't going to get home until May 11th. And so that's kind of what happened. Why I didn't get to do New York Pro was because it was just cutting it too close. I wanted there to be some room in there to make any like last minute tweaks and basically needed to do to pull it in tight or whatever the case may be um so that's what really made me just stick with toronto is because it was the next show and plus it's a super show it's gonna be fun it's an expo and there's a ton going on i'll be up there with gnc um saturday and sunday and um yeah i compete on friday and i'm really excited i can't wait i've been ready now you know for the last weeks so i'm really excited um i want to get back to the contest in a minute but first i want to ask you about supercross now i've uh, me and you have tweeted back and forth a little bit about this i really don't know much about supercross i mean i've seen the guys on like you know on espn or uh, some of the you'll see them like jumping over stuff and like it's what it's like from what i understand it's like uh, a mud course it's and then, motocross. Like, yeah yeah so explain what, what first of all what, what are you doing over there with these guys i know you work for that's for monster or how what is that contract that you uh, well that monster energy is our official um title sponsor but feld industries feld entertainment owns supercross and basically what it is is it's dirt bikes mm-hmm. um it's indoor at football and baseball stadiums though so i mean we go big time. There's a huge fireworks show at the nighttime. It 
you know, huge opening ceremonies. There's practicing and qualifying during the day to get into the night show. And um, I'm Miss Supercross, so I am the spokesmodel. I'm the face of Supercross. Wow. So when it comes to the female face of Supercross, that's you? Yep, exactly. Uh, first of all, how the hell did you get involved with that? Are you Was that something, have you been like a fan of... Uh, of uh, Supercross beforehand, or how did that work out? Yeah, I mean, I've always known what Supercross is because where I live in California, it's very heavily populated with people who ride dirt bikes, and uh, the sport's very, very popular here in Southern California. Um, but uh, I got started because I had an agent who started working, who got me a Monster Energy contract, and I was working as a Monster Energy girl, and I had done Supercross, and I had done a ton of other things because Monster sponsors a ton of other sports, like skiing, snowboarding, wakeboarding, I mean, everything under the sun, any extreme sport they, you know, they sponsor, and I've worked it. But um, with this, I was my boss a few years ago, you know, at one of the night shows, and it was just a gig that I was working on Saturday, and I was like, oh, well, you know, if you ever need a Miss Supercross, like, I could do it, and I would <laughs> rock it. And he actually ended up calling me six months later and asked me if I wanted to be the girl for the next year, and so now... I've done it two years in a row and might possibly do it a third, but I'm only doing it a third unless they give me the weekend off for the Arnold so I can compete at the Arnold. That was, um, I guess that's kind of leading to my next question. So when you're doing all this and you're traveling and everything, uh, how difficult does that, uh, does it make like training? And I mean, obviously, you know, um, you could train during the week and everything, but when you're dieting for a contest, like you have been for Toronto or when you're dieting for the Olympia or something like that, um, how difficult does that make it, you know, doing this, doing this as a job? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's difficult anymore because I've been doing it for so many years because I've, you know, been traveling every single weekend for work because um, it's my job, you know, and I did it as an amateur and I did it, you know, first few years as a pro. And, I mean, I'm basically a professional at packing food. <laughs> That's not a problem at all. You know, I just... I freeze my food and I take it with me and, and every hotel that I stay at, I just request a fridge. It's, it's not really a big deal by any means. And then Supercross has a food room and of course I do my best to stay out of it because there's completely, everything's all packaged and processed. Um, but there's a microwave in there and I get to heat up my oatmeal in the morning and my oatmeal during the day. And it's not a big deal at all. I totally have it. I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> Do people think you're like on the, I mean, obviously these guys don't have to diet or anything like that to do uh, motocross. So do people think like that you're like a weirdo bringing your food everywhere and doing all this stuff or do they get it? Like, do they see the Olympia and all this and understand it? Well, um, the thing is that Supercross totally supports my career as an IFBB pro. So they like totally blow it up. Like Miss Supercross is also an IFBB pro, which everyone looks up IFBB and they see bodybuilding. They're like, oh, she's a bodybuilder? What? <laughs> and so that's the backlash that I kind of get. I do have, you know, because everyone has haters. Anyone in the spotlight has haters. I totally have haters saying like, oh, she's a, you know, park guy or, you know, she's bodybuilding or just too this, too that, too this. So I basically stay off the internet because I don't like to read anything like that. People, but, people uh, say that about you, that, you, that you were, you're like a bodybuilder or like that you're on steroids oh yeah, or something? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that they would really think that. Well, because they don't know the difference. You know, they just see a moto person that all they do is, you know, 
live off moto. They don't know anything about the gym or, you know, know anything about working out or whatnot. So they don't know what a real body, a real woman's bodybuilder looks like, you know? Yeah, definitely not like you. Um, yeah. So, so okay, so you're doing this, you're doing the motocross, and you're obviously you're able to diet during this. Um, what is the, I mean, what is, you, you said you're going to do this again. I remember listening to Muscle Girls, Inc., which you're a co-host on with Christina Voynich, and it sounded to me like the one I listened to that you were saying that you don't think you were coming back a third year. How did this, uh, how did that change? Oh, I mean, I don't know yet. Okay, you're just hopeful. You're you're hoping that it comes back again. Well, I'm not hopeful. I do know that they want me back, okay. but we're in negotiations right ah, now. Ah, so okay. You're talking money now. Okay, I got you. I yeah, got yeah, you. talking money, talking, and then I also threw out there, like, told them, like, hey, listen, guys, like, for real, like, I really cannot make it March 1st through 3rd. I'm like, I already am committed to something else, and I'm not missing it this, this year. I've missed the last two years, and it's just, I'm not going to let it do it again like that. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so they're kind of upset that I'll be gone, but they're willing to work with me, So, which is great. Uh, you must be good at being Miss Motocross, then. Yes, exactly. What, is that, what does that entail? You go to the shows. You, you, I saw you, you stand there with a, the, uh, the, the card, like kind of like a, a, a ring girl, but with the motocross. You're holding up the rounds or something? Yeah, I have like a 30-second board that I hold for the main event, and then I do a lot of um, uh, in-house announcing. So... You know, we have these big stadiums, and what I do during the night show during each race is I go and talk to fans, and like they put me up on the big screen, and it's basically live announcing. Are the guys? I mean, like, I, like I said, I obviously you know I don't follow this at all. Are there like famous riders? I mean, I'm assuming that they're guys that are very popular, right? Yeah, of course. But I mean, if you're not into the sport, you wouldn't know. Like, if you were to throw out NASCAR to me, I don't know. I don't. Right. I mean, I know what NASCAR is. I don't know any popular driver. Like, is there money in this for these guys who are do well at it? Oh yeah, totally. For the factory riders, of course. What kind of what kind of money can a guy make if they're really good at motocross? Well, just their ride is a couple million, and Whoa. that's sponsorships and wow. Yeah, so it's a pretty good deal. Wow, that's pretty good. That's very yeah. good, actually. It's a lot better than bodybuilding. <laughs> yeah. You ever you ever uh, date any of these motocross guys? I've gone out with a few, but I'm no not boyfriends. really. I'm not really, uh, yeah, never like seriously or anything like that. Hmm, interesting. Um, all right, let's um, let's get back to the uh, the actual show. Um, I yeah, asked you this last time. Sorry, <laughs> I got interested in the motocross stuff. Yeah, um, no kidding. So, um, so okay, you're doing this show. Last time when you did uh, the last show where you got in trouble and you came on with me, I asked you who was your main competition. Um, so I got to do that again here. You know, I'm looking at the list here and I want to know, um, who are you going to be watching out for? I know you told me before you actually do check out your competitors and stuff like that and kind of see who you're competing against and look at their pictures and everything. So who do you look at out of these, uh, these girls and think that this is somebody you need to make sure you're ahead of? You want to know something? I haven't even, I know who's competing, but I don't really view, you know, I have to change my, I'm such a mind and a thinker Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I have a really bad stressing problem and anxiety and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I see the list and there are times when I start chewing my nails and I'm like, you know, uh 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 uh-oh, uh-oh, but at the same time, it's like, you want to know something? I'm on my A game. Like, I've been ready. I'm not stressing about that. And I totally have the full confidence. Like, I've been ready and I'm ready to rock it. Like, there's no problem at all. And I've been practicing my posing every day and just having that confidence to roll into the show. And just, you just have to be 100% comfortable. I mean, I'm, 
there's competition there. There are some, I know the Yashara, I don't, I, Yashira, Robles, I don't know Robles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gotten third last couple of shows, um, you know, big bikini shows, Pittsburgh right. and, uh, you know, New York. So she's a great contender. Mm-hmm. And then Justine Monroe, she's another good contender, you know. Um, she got second to Sonia at the L.A. show right. back in March. So, um, you know, those two girls are great. And so we'll just see who brings the best package on Friday. You know, we have pre-judging during the day and then our finals at night. And, and you guys, of course, will be able to know with Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. <laughs> RX Muscle, of course. Are you kidding me? We're going to watch the play-by-play on RX Muscle. Well, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. RX Muscle on Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> yes, you're, you're right on that. So what's changed between the Olympia and this? What's changed in uh, Diana Dahlgren's competitive life? Um... You want to know something? I am doing less cardio. Mm. Oh, thank the Lord. Mm. And just really, I, I've i always been very open and honest about this with everyone. I had a really bad binge eating problem, um, you know, that I created when I was an amateur. Um, and it stuck with me for a long time. And just really working through that and, you know, cutting those cravings. Me and Christine always talk about it on our show, Muscle Girls. Inc. the next generation right. so you guys can listen there but um you know just you know putting those weird you know thoughts and stuff aside like it's all it's so weird how i mean especially with women because our you know hormones and whatnot and we automatically turn to food to cope for a lot of issues and it's so funny because you can't do that anymore you can't turn to food to cope or you know whatever you're thinking about stressing about you can't do that anymore right. when you're prepping so it's just crazy learning things about yourself that you're like, wow, I didn't really notice that before. Or, and usually I, I, I pick right now. I snack on something thinking about the problem and I can't do that. And, um, so it's great, you know, just learning my triggers and, and trying to stay calm and patient as much as possible. Like, cause I'm totally the type that's like, my mind goes straight to something and it's like, okay, I want it. I get it. And, and, it, and I have to fight that feeling. So, um, I would definitely say if I was like a competitor going up against me, I'd be like, oh, well, Diana, you know, if you're a competitive girl or you like seek the bad things in other people, you'd be like hoping that I would be eating <laughs> when I'm not supposed to be eating. <laughs> so like they could like Justine Monroe, uh, she's sneaky. She could come up and like offer you some cookies or something and like. Uh, oh no 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 you wouldn't crack that won't happen you you wouldn't crack I'm not like that I don't and then another thing too is like my goal really this weekend is to not eat a bunch of junk like usually I bake stuff or like bring stuff with me and like you know have my fun foods afterwards I'm not even gonna do that like I'm not even gonna I and then usually this whole last like few weeks from my past shows I'm like looking up like recipes to bake stuff and like I bake and stuff like I bake up you know just to look at the food is like is like brings me joy and I you know I, I started doing that a few nights ago and I like immediately within a, a minute like I'm like what am I doing like X this out like there's no reason for me to be looking at you know, cookie dough balls. Like, I never create cookie dough balls. Why do I want them now? Like, it's, there's no point of me looking at any of that stuff. So I've been really good about the whole, um, you know, just staying focused on eyes on the prize. And we'll see how it goes. You know, I want to be a threat for the Olympia title. And um, that's definitely what I'm pushing for. Um, so, you are, how old are you? You're what, 21, 22? Very young, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm 22. Okay, so you're 22, and I found this interesting. And I guess this kind of plays into uh, the the post uh, binging or eating after the show. You don't you don't drink when you go out. 
No, I don't drink. Uh-uh. You don't drink at all, ever? No, uh-uh. Is I there... did in high school. Oh, so is there a reason for that? I mean, or, or you just like you just decided you weren't going to do it anymore? Well, I decided when I was like 16 years old, I went through a really bad spell with my parents and mm-hmm. and didn't come home, wasn't home for a long time, mm-hmm. for like a year. I went to a, I, they sent me away to a boarding school. Oh, you're a bad girl. And yeah, I was a total bad girl. But anyways, I was just partying with my friends. I, the problem was is I was really smart in school, book smart, mm-hmm. and I got skipped up two grades. So I was like the 13-year-old as a freshman. Oh. And I was like 12 or 13 in high school. And so all my friends were a lot older and I started getting exposed to things like at an early age. And so I just started rebelling a lot. And my parents were like, you know what? We're just going to sh- ship you away. So I came <laughs> back nine, I came back nine months later and they basically told me that if I was going to, you know, disobey their rules, then I was going to get sent back to school, that school. And I didn't want to go back to that school. So I just never went out. I never partied. That's why I'm always very, um, that's why I always say, oh, my parents are my best friends because literally, like, they are my best friends. Like, I don't have a lot of friends because people my age aren't doing what I'm doing. They're not focused on things or they're busy partying, especially in my area. It's such a small area. Everyone knows each other and it's kind of like a boondock city in California. And Mm. so, um, you know, like everyone's doing, you know, stupid stuff like, drinking or partying or doing drugs and I have no interest in any of that whatsoever so I just stay away and I you know if I'm not in LA I'm I'm at home with my family well that makes it easier not to not to go crazy after the show as far as partying goes because uh you don't do it so you you have you've kind of it's almost like you're on a streak you you stopped when you were like 16 or 17 and and since then you've just been kind of like you don't want to break the streak yeah exactly totally and plus like I just see girls my age out of parties and stuff, and they're like, they look so trashy. I'm just like, come on, girls, like, pick yourselves up. Like, hello. <laughs> you have a pretty face or a pretty body or something. Like, take care of it. Like, and I hear my girlfriends, because I'm always a designated driver, they like complain about how they're bloated the next day. And I remember what I did when I was in high school, like, me partying and stuff when I was in high school. And, like, they're so right. I used to wake up, like, bloated. Like, my face would be so puffy. And and I just never want to go back. Like, I don't want to go back to looking like that or feeling like that or anything like that. So that's just the reason why I've pretty much stayed away is because I don't need to compromise my family, my health, my life. Like, mm. I don't want to do any of that. So that's why I stay away from it. Well, it sounds like things have been going pretty good for you since uh, since you since you quit. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely relationships have gotten a lot better in life, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been great. <laughs> so what's so you do this show in Toronto? Let's assume you do very well. Let's assume you win. Will you do another show before the Olympia, or are you going to do a several, or is you just going to wait till the big one? Yeah, um, I do have plans to do more, but I'm keeping hush hush about <laughs> it right now. Of course, of you'll course. find out. I'm sure soon, probably in about a month, you'll start hearing what I'm going to do next. But I'm excited. I've already talked to my manager and my trainer, my manager, J.M. Mannion, and uh, my trainer, Damian Segovia. He's uh, absolutely amazing. God sent. Like, I couldn't, I could not compete without Damian. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited already for this year. And I'm just excited to see what happens at the Olympia. You know, I'm, I'm giving my all and I'm focusing on, on that, on that Olympia stage. So we'll see what happens. And, 
I mean, to be frankly honest with you, I'm so anxious I can't even stand it. <laughs> well, very exciting uh, for Diana Dahlgren. We will watch you this weekend on RX Muscle and check out uh, the results, and I hope you do very well. All right, Christina, that was your co-host. My uh, co-host. I love me some DD. <laughs> and she, she, you know, I had to put her on the spot. You know, she, she's not like you. You're, you're more careful with your words. Um, Diana Dahlgren, <laughs> she's, she kind of just lets it all hang out. And, uh, you know, I asked her, you know, who she's worried about. And uh, kind of sounded to me like she was pretty confident. She didn't sound like she was really worried about anybody. Yeah, she's, I think she knows, I mean, out of, out of these names, um, you know, she, when, you, when you go from third in the world at the Olympia right. um, to, uh, you know, another pro show, I think you have every right to be pretty confident. Um, now, granted, do you, is there a chance that anyone could come out of the woodwork here and uh, maybe swing a win? Well, absolutely, and I don't think she's naive to think that. Um, you know, just from when I've talked to her too, when we've been on the show. So sure. um, I know she's confident. You know, she I know she's happy with how she looks. She's happy with how she's prepped. Um, and you know, of course, she's. I think she's a little nervous, as is everybody, because you never know what could happen, though. Of course, of course. So, uh, two good interviews. I like talking to both of them, and and as you heard, uh, I tried to, you know. This is Access Bodybuilding, so we did talk about the contest, but I also tried to ask her about the motocross stuff, and about I asked her about boyfriends from motocross and drinking and everything else so that we could keep it interesting. <laughs> That's good. Now, you're, uh, you're making our Access listeners happy. Yeah, absolutely. So, Christina, that is it for this week. Obviously, uh, they can listen to you on Muscle Girls, Inc. Two really good interviews coming up this week. And uh, where can they reach if they want to talk to you? You can shoot me an email, Christina, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at rxmuscle.com or musclegirlsinc at rxmuscle.com. You can also ask a question. We'll bring you on air and ask your question uh, on Muscle Girls, Inc. with us. You can also follow me on Twitter by my own name, or you can follow Muscle Girls, Inc. on Twitter as well. All right. And for me, you can email me at jubak at rxmuscle.com or follow me at Twitter at sign Aaron Sigerman. And that is it for Access Bodybuilding for this week, Christina. Peace out. Peace out.